I wanted to tell you about an incident that happened towards the end of World War II, involving some Canadian airmen and a London family that had been bombed out. This was told to me by one of the Canadian Air Force flyers who was involved in this story, so I know it to be true. A group of Canadians had been stationed in London, had flown in the latter days of World War II in 1945. And one of them had been traveling by train and was waiting to catch another at a station when a little boy, eight or nine, sat next to him and the two got into conversation. And the little boy started to talk about Christmas because it was just around the corner. And as one would expect, the Canadian pilot asked him what he wanted for Christmas. To the pilot's amazement, the child said he would like a mop and a brush and some cleaning cloths and some cleaning materials and a dress for his mother. But they were all domestic things. The boy did not ask for one single toy or indeed anything for himself. He only asked for utilitarian things for his mother. The airman was very impressed with this, but wondered why this little boy didn't want anything for himself. The airman was taking a taxi and said to the boy, would you like to be driven home because I will happily asked the taxi to go by your house. The little boy agreed. But when the taxi arrived at the address, the pilot could see that it was a bombed out street, that most of the houses were uninhabitable, and that the one that the boy had designated as his home was almost in that state, but not quite. The little boy went in through the door, and it was obvious to the pilot to the Canadian that there was little left in that house and that the boy and his mother were just eking out an existence. The pilot shortly after flew back to Canada and he got together some friends, some colleagues from the Canadian Air Force, as indeed it was then, and said that he wanted to help this little boy and this family. And he thought that they could collect some of the things on the boy's list, perhaps, but perhaps also uh, some toys and other things 
that little boys would enjoy. His colleagues thought it was a great idea, and they all chipped in, until in the end, there was not only a bag full of polishes and cleaning things and brushes and pans, but also of toys, of dolls, of all the things that children would enjoy at Christmas, along with some good Canadian chocolates and treats and other things that would make a Merry Christmas. The pilots didn't overdo it, uh, but nonetheless, it was more than a stocking could hold, and they packed these things into a lovely Santa's sack and then asked one of their number who was to fly back to London to deliver it. The pilot who flew back eventually got a cab, went to the address and looked at the house and saw what his fellow officer had been talking about. It was almost unlivable. And yet, there was a candle in the window. There was a wreath on the door. There was attempts to make, in 1946, the sort of Christmas, post-war Christmas, that many hadn't enjoyed throughout the dark days of 1939 to 1945. The gloomy years, when whether you were rich or poor, Christmas had less of a meaning. But he decided he was not going to impose on this family. And so he took the sack of good things, propped them against the door, rapped on the door, and then moved away quickly and sat in the cab and watched. The lady who came to the door, accompanied by the young boy, looked in amazement and looked around and looked in the street, hardly able to believe that these were for her, for them. And they took them in with cries of joy and whoops of delight because they would have had nothing that Christmas if they hadn't had the hamper, if they hadn't had Santa's sack from these Canadian pilots. The pilot flew back to Canada, gathered his associates around in the mess, and over a beer related what he'd seen and what he'd done. Each of the pilots felt particularly good about their gesture, and yet there was nothing selfish in it. There was no self-congratulations because they had done what they had done, but rather a humility that they'd helped somebody in rather bad circumstances at Christmas time, in the true spirit of Christmas. And that a mother and a little boy who were on hard times had had a Christmas that perhaps they would remember for a long time to come. 
A Merry Christmas to you. A Merry Christmas to those people who are in now the Canadian Armed Forces, but was in those days the Canadian Air Force. Many happy memories of the times that I spent with some of those flyers at Sea Island in Vancouver, where the Canadian Air Force mess was located. A happy Christmas. And I hope that anybody in the sort of circumstances that the mother and child found themselves in has somewhere a generous Santa who will come to their aid this Christmas. of the triffids. Beware, there are triffids about. Watch Mirador Television for the triffids return. The triffid chronicles that will give chapter and verse the second attempt of these monsters to take over the world to rule humanity. The first time was in 1950, when a starburst blinded humankind. And the noted author, John Wyndham, chronicled then what happened as the Triffids took control. Well, we defeated them. We got rid of them, but The Triffids are now back. They recognize weaknesses in the human psyche and they are licking their lips or stroking their petals as they see that computers are more and more dominating man. Just like the Triffids who were produced to give mankind oil. So computers are designed to give him communication. But mankind has forgotten that it built computers. It is now allowing them to control our every life, from village to city, even to outer space. The Triffids want to see the computers take over mankind because then they can launch their own deadly attack and once again we'll be under the thumb of the Triffids. The Triffids return, the Triffid Chronicles, Mirador Television, the week after next in a five-part series. Toodle-pip.